0: In this very moment, I'm king In this very moment, I slay Goliath with a sling This very moment, I bring Put it on everything That I will retire with the ring And I will retire with the crown Yes, no I'm not lucky, I'm blessed Yes, clap for the heavyweight champ Me, but I couldn't do it all alone We, ain't being cocky, we just vindicated Best believe that when we done this moment, will be syndicated I don't know, this night just remind me of Everything they deprived me of Greatness is what we want to bring wish that I could have this moment for life I can have this moment For life this For life this, this is my moment, moment. I just feel so
1: Welcome to Green and Gold Forever, I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin And we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Altoona And the Green Bay Packers are on a roll like we may have never seen before Destroying another opponent, this time a legitimate Super Bowl contender The Philadelphia Eagles, 53-20 to And there is obviously a lot to cover in this game But Matt, right away, are they really this good?
0: Uh, and we were kind of talking about this last night. I think they really are. I do think they're this good. And But I think it feels like a lot of these teams have taken such a step back in the NFC, too, and maybe even in the AFC as well. Mm-hmm. Where It's like the Packers are playing absolutely lights out. They're probably, you know, it's hard to keep this up throughout the whole season. But when you've got teams that you're frightened of, 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 like San Francisco and Seattle, just kind of falling to the wayside, and the Eagles now with Mark Sanchez as their quarterback, things are starting to look a little bit more clear in terms of the path to get to the big game.
1: Yeah, and it's come out today that Las Vegas now picks the Packers as their favorite 4-1 to one odds to win the Super Bowl.
0: Holy cow, wow,
1: okay. And in recent years, they picked Denver and Seattle at this time last year to be their representatives. And then in sure. 2012, they picked New England and San Francisco. And uh, so they were almost Pretty right close, on that yeah. one, too. So... Yeah, I I guess I don't know if they're this good either. I think they certainly earned those wins, and on their best day, they're as good or better than anybody. But this has just been such a weird NFL year, and I don't want to put a damper on things right away, but I did a quick search on Pro Football Reference. Every team in the NFL but one has lost by double digits this year, and that one is the Seattle Seahawks. And so as much as they're having struggles right now, if they get hot, which they still have enough time to do that, um, that could still be scary, although they might have a really difficult time getting any home games at this point. Sure.
0: Yeah, and I guess you kind of start to write them off after they keep losing these bad games, but you're right, they're not losing big, and there's still you know five games left that they can, six games left, they can pick this up somehow and and get it back together they could still be a really scary team so so much changes in that long of a short of a time frame even from the beginning of the season till now i mean the teams that we think are the best are completely different too so a lot is going to change the packers aren't going to keep beating people by 30 plus points and scoring 50 points every week either
1: you don't think they're going to score 50 every game for the rest of this year maybe this coming week
0: (laughs) but (laughs) but uh no i don't think every game for the rest of the year
1: yeah, and we'll talk about the Vikings later, but I think this is a huge game, and I don't think that the Packers are the kind of team that are just going to waltz in there expecting to win, but we've seen Pittsburgh go on a similar back-to-back home run that the Packers are on, and then they went to play the 1-7 Jets and got beat up pretty bad, yep. and so this being a division game, Who knows if Adrian Peterson is going to play, although I'd be shocked if he actually did play on Sunday. Uh, There's a chance that he might, but he just blew off his disciplinary hearing. He he seems to be a real solid uh, human being. Uh, He's revealed himself to be this year. So it's still going to be kind of a scary game against the Vikings, but one thing I wanted to bring up, when it became the discussion about how good this Packer team is, people have said these big blowouts are coming at home, and that on the road they haven't been the same team. They lost 3 pretty decisive games on the road, Seattle and Detroit in the first 3 weeks of the season, and then they lost to New Orleans who turns out to not be very good. But I think I was sitting there yesterday and like, yeah, you know you're right. They haven't really won much on the road. But as I thought about it more, I completely forgot about that Bears game, which I think the Bears aren't the team we thought they were going to be, but they still won by 21 in the division and You don't do that. I know New England does that at Buffalo every year, but, you know, Buffalo hasn't been good since, you know, Y2K was a real concern. So, I mean, I think that they get credit for that. And Miami killed New England at home, destroyed the Chargers. They had another decisive win on Thursday against a Buffalo team that, you know, is in the division, has been in some games. So I think that Miami game is as impressive of a road win as anybody's had this year. So I think... They haven't been beating people 50 to nothing, but it's not like they've been destroyed at home. And those Detroit and Seattle games, it's becoming more and more apparent that with the new structure of practice and training camp, that those first four games of the season are practically preseason version 2. How much stock can you even take in those?
0: Yeah, not much. That Saints game just still sticks I'm not going to be able to shake that one. As much as they just crushed the last two teams they played, Mm -hmm. they just got hammered before that. So I guess that's the one thing that's stopping me from... Really thinking this team is super elite, and they probably are—you know—top two, three in the league right now. But mm-hmm. the Saints aren't very good; their offense stinks right now, and they just got manhandled there when nobody, everybody else is going into New Orleans and winning. Yeah, I, that's kind of making me be a little hesitant still. But I, I completely agree with everything else. I think that Dolphins win on the road was huge, and uh, yeah, I mean everybody else is losing these really bad games. At least the, the games that we've lost have been to three pretty good teams.
1: And the Saints game got out of hand. But when Aaron Rodgers pulled up lame, what was it at worst, 23-16?
0: That's true, it was still pretty close. Yeah. And we had a couple of really strange coaching decisions that might have made it a little <laughs> bit more than it should have been.
1: Yeah, and, and Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions, which that's the first time he'd done that in like three years. So I think that really affected things. I That's a weird place to play. And I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but... Let's break down this game a little bit more as we try to debate how good the Packers are. I think they're definitely good, and there's no reason to think that, you know, on their game they're as good as anyone, as we said. But we talk a lot during these games about Jordy Nelson and all these kind of guys who come up and rise up and play better than we expected. Me especially hardly ever praises Aaron Rodgers for how great he is. And he right now is on a pace that I I said... For the entire existence of this podcast that there was no way he would ever recapture his 2011 form And it was silly for us to assume he would But he is back to that right now
0: Yeah, he he is
1: 28 touchdowns, 3 interceptions If you look at his efficiency stats, he's matched almost everything he's done in 2011 And he's even better at not turning over the football And this is a year when he only threw 6 interceptions all season (laughs) I agree with Mike McCarthy where he said his vocabulary is not good enough to describe how good Aaron Rodgers is, but Aaron Rodgers has been so good this year that it's actually re-energized my confidence in my own quarterback ratings that I had this offseason that I renounced after week three. Now I'm starting to think I maybe was onto something when I said he was the sixth best quarterback of all time.
0: Yeah, and I think somebody said in the game last night is that this – Aaron Rodgers' peak right now, and what we saw in 11, is probably the best I've ever seen mm-hmm. out of anybody. It's just he's got to maintain that. And, I mean, last year he wasn't healthy. They've had some bad playoff losses. But his apex is is better than pretty much anybody's. You could probably argue Peyton's has maybe been a little bit higher throughout his career. Mm-hmm. But other than that, and he definitely throws a prettier ball than Peyton, too. So, yeah. I. <sighs> Man, it's it's hard to really argue that anybody's best is better than Rodgers. I mean, I wouldn't put him up there in terms of career accomplishments yet, yeah. but uh, in terms of his best, he's better than anyone.
1: Yeah, and career accomplishments not yet, but week in and week out, on a one-day player, any quarterback in history, you should expect more on Aaron Rodgers than almost anybody ever. Mm-hmm. And he has thrown, let's see, 23 interceptions since 2011 started. I mean, that's insane. He's thrown 23 picks in four or three and a half seasons, and he threw 11 in 10. And if I remember correctly, he had nine after they beat the Vikings in week seven. So he's thrown two in the last nine games of 10, six in 11, eight in 12, six in uh, nine games last year, and then three in nine games this year. Nobody takes care of the football like he does. And he had 28, 45, 39, 17, and 28 in touchdown passes. Um, and
0: the crazy thing about that is, too, is that they're throwing the ball down the field. It's not like the Patriots, where Brady throws four picks a year, but they don't throw it past 15 yards down the field.
1: Exactly. I mean, where well, he's slinging
0: it, and he just does not miss, it's really, really impressive to have that low of an interception total.
1: Yeah, his yards per attempt are best in NFL history. Oh. Um, that's adjusted yards per attempt, so that includes other stuff. His regular yards per attempt is third best in NFL history. So he's not doing the dink and dunk kind of stuff. He's throwing bombs all the time. He's got that record with the 70-yard touchdowns or whatever, it's it's almost like we see it every week that it doesn't register how special this is. And I'm, I mean, I'm as guilty as anybody, but you're so used to seeing him not make mistakes like yesterday would have been the best game of a lot of quarterbacks' careers, and To me, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't quite as sharp as he was last week. And, you know, I don't know if he's quite as good as he was against Miami yesterday. I mean, it's to that point where he has a 120 quarterback rating and you you don't even blink at it and you don't even take it all in because it's just so common for this guy.
0: Yeah, you almost, you come out of the game saying, like, man, Jordy had a great game and Clay had a great game, and it's like, you don't even think about Rodgers because you just assume it's there. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, as Packer fans, we probably don't give him the credit he deserves all the time on a week-to-week basis, but what else can you say? I mean, you can't just talk about how amazing the guy is every <laughs> single week. It gets kind of old.
1: Yeah, that would get... Kind of... Yeah, and, and I think the difference between like him and Favre is that Favre would have those meltdown games. So... You would think Favre was on track, and then you'd go to the Metrodome, and he'd throw four interceptions, and then you'd he'd have kind of a rough game the next week. And so, with Roger's
0: meltdown games are just like two hundred yards passing, two touchdowns, and a pick. It pretty much <laughs> yeah. are his like, Favre version of his.
1: Yeah, Brett, uh, his meltdown games where he takes an extra sack, or they're not great on third down, but it's never the disaster games. And so Favre could win you back because his reputation—you never had him as this untouchable guy. When he was at his best, he was amazing, but he'd have a meltdown every sixth game or so, and so that would bring him back. So if you'd watch Steve Young or if you'd watch Peyton Manning, you'd be like, well, you know, they're as good as Brett. You know, they never have three interceptions when they go down to play Tampa, whereas Aaron never has that. And I, I found that this year, watching guys like Manning and Brady, it's like, you're so used to first downs, and you're so used to third and tens being converted that when you watch Brady or Manning and they don't do it, you're just like, gosh, these guys suck. Well, yeah. I mean, what's, <laughs> they having a bad night? And it's like, no, you're just used to seeing the position played as well as, it, as it's ever been played every single week.
0: And Mark, watching Mark Sanchez play on the other side definitely brings some perspective to the table.
1: Yeah, you mean he's not going to rejuvenate the Eagles and <laughs> uh, make them a Super Bowl contender right away just by his presence?
0: It was kind of a weird week. I know we talked about it a little bit, not to get off topic from what we were talking about, but in sports media it was either everybody calmed the heck down, like this guy is Mark Sanchez, or everybody's like, man, he's their new franchise guy. Like Nick Foles is never going to see the field again after this <laughs> last week and a half of Mark Sanchez football. And I think people like you and I knew, you know, mm-hmm. we've watched enough Mark Sanchez to know that he wasn't going to come in and be some <laughs> elite quarterback that everybody was somehow thinking he was going to be all of a sudden. It was really, really strange leading up to the game.
1: Yeah, and... Yeah, Bart Scott, I know I texted you that, and he was a former teammate, so I understand it, but Bart Scott was talking. He picked the Eagles to beat the Packers, his justification being that he saw Mark Sanchez beat Peyton Manning and then Tom Brady back-to-back, so that's why he was going to outgun Aaron Rodgers with like a middle-of-the-road defense, ignoring the fact that the Jets gave up, what, 16 to Manning and 14 to Brady in those two wins? So...
0: Yeah, Yeah, had they been able to do that If the Eagles could do that last night They would have won But unfortunately they gave up
1: 53 (laughs) Yeah, which is not quite the same Um, And I want to steal a line from Jim Rome He actually used it to talk about the Bears defense But the Carolina Panthers defense fits in the same spot He said that Against the Bears, while Aaron was impressive for throwing six touchdowns, that B.J. Raji could have thrown for six touchdowns against the Bears' defense. And I think that holds true for whatever lineman you want to pick on the Eagles against the Carolina Panthers. I mean, the Panthers are atrocious right now. So maybe that was uh, lucky for the Packers that Sanchez got to maybe get some confidence and think he could play a little bit better than he's actually capable of because he got to play such a horrible defense six days before. So... The Packers' defense, again, put up a really nice game, and this time against a legitimately good offense. I know we just bashed Sanchez, but they still were a high-ranking offense. They ended up giving up over 400 yards, but most of those yards came when it really didn't matter anymore. They had another interception return for a touchdown. They had three other turnovers. I think in the same uh, idea of giving Aaron Rodgers some overdue praise, Do we need to start doing that for Dom Capers as, you know, he still has had his problems, but now it's starting to look like with Clay Matthews in the middle, that when he's got the talent where it should be and where they're most effective, that he has called some very creative games the last two weeks. And I I don't think it's necessarily guys outperforming the system. It's He's got everybody exactly where they need to be. Well,
0: I would agree with that, but I'm not about to, and yes, I'll say that he's been, last week I thought was an incredible game plan. I thought that they've done a really nice job lately, but I'm not going to change my tune until I see one of these classic quarterbacks that just absolutely torches this defense. they got to do it against
1: Brady for it to count.
0: Yeah, they're playing Brady soon. Um, There's not a whole lot of quarterbacks in the NFC right now that scare me a ton. Well,
1: Mike Glennon, that'll be a good test for him.
0: I mean, just think about the Saints game. I mean, Drew Brees, he's been down against everybody else, but it's just classic against a Dom defense that he, you know, kind of throttles him a little bit. So, mm-hmm. I am, uh, I'm definitely optimistic. I, I think this defense is better than I, either of us thought it would be. Guyon's been huge in the middle, and, uh, Clay seems to have found a new home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's got him going on all cylinders for the talent they have. I think they're definitely overachieving right now, but I'm just not sold completely yet.
1: And I think that's fair for sure because of kind of the history that this team has had. But the Clay Matthews thing is insane to me because the middle linebacker is not thought of as a playmaking position in the 3-4 defense all that often. Comparatively to the outside, you know, when you think of the outside linebacker in the 3-4, you have Lawrence Taylor and you have Kevin Green and you have these kind of incredible pass rushers who are, are disrupting from there. You think of the middle linebackers, you have more of your Chad Browns and Jackers, your... Yeah, um, Singletary, I, I don't think he played a legit 3-4, but um, Harry Carson, Carl Banks, guys like that. And he's, what has he got? He had another sack yesterday, he's all over the place, and he seems to be more dynamic, being more effective at rushing the passer, playing from the inside, than he was all year playing from the outside. Is this, did they just invent a new position based on That's his That's what history? I was just
0: thinking too, I mean... You can do it from so many more different angles if you're an outside pass rusher, you're an outside pass rusher, whereas now he's got the flexibility looking at the middle of the line of scrimmage. He can kind of just go wherever he wants. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you take a supreme pass rusher and throw him in the middle there. Granted, most of these outside pass rushers probably can't play the middle linebacker position like he still can when he's Mm -hmm. not pass rushing, which is probably what makes it so difficult to do, but... It's uh, It was a genius idea that they finally thought of doing this because he can play the middle linebacker position, but it opens him up to so many diverse types of blitzes now instead of just coming off the edge where he was kind of getting stymied.
1: Yeah, and it almost suits his style of play better, because we've lamented a lot on this show that he's so undisciplined, and he bites on the read option all the time, and he's fooled by play action. He doesn't have enough space to fool himself out of position anymore. It's almost like even if he gets fooled, unless he completely gives up his gap, he's still going to be in position to make a play. So it almost rewards his aggressiveness by putting him in a more confined space, for lack of a better understanding.
0: (laughs) You kind of wish they would have discovered this for either of the 49ers playoff games.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> but at the same point, they didn't have Julius Peppers to make up for the loss of Clay Matthews on the outside. In That's very days. true, yeah. Yeah, and, and Julius Peppers... I know he has never played this kind of hybrid linebacker, but even in coverage, this guy is great, and you almost feel bad for him that he didn't get a chance to play this type of position for more of his career, because this just looks like a natural fit for him and yeah. an absolute home run. You wish he would have been younger, so that it could have been more like Charles Woodson, but he has been awesome, and uh I was so happy when he scored that touchdown yesterday. He's a fun guy to root for, too.
0: Yeah, and I think coming into the year we thought maybe one one year out of them you know, of, of decent production, but now it's looking like have, with what they have, they've got them at a pretty reasonable contract. If you mm-hmm. can hold on to this guy for the full three years of that contract, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have really fucking found yourself a nice piece.
1: Yeah, and they structured it almost like one of them baseball contracts where they have kind of an opt-out.
0: Yeah, after a year.
1: And so I'm pretty sure that at this point they're definitely going to opt in for next year at the very least. Yeah. So, yeah, this... This team is just fun to watch right now And I want to just take stock in that You know, there's definitely going to be Some more challenges down the road And as excited as as I am about this team And I am fully believing that they have a legitimate shot To win the Super Bowl this year I'm still not expecting it to happen Because the Super Bowl is really, really hard to win
0: (laughs) I don't think any fan base expects it at this point
1: No, uh, and nor should they I mean, that's just being reasonable, but If this role could just continue just a little bit longer, um, you know, it's not that fun to watch a fourth quarter where the other team just picks you apart and ruins the stats and has garbage points, but having a game where it's clear within five minutes of the game starting that, uh, or after it started, that your team that you root for is way better than the other team they're playing, no matter how good that other team is, is just really fun as a fan, and... I mean, outside of some games in 2011 and maybe some games in 96, I don't remember having this feeling as a Packer fan. Sure. So, I don't know, I got, I don't have much else about this game, um, I just wanted to point out that the Wisconsin football teams have played very well this weekend, and I wanted to... Point out the differences between the two Coaches that took a shellacking in the State of Wisconsin one being uh, Chip Kelly the Eagles coach and one Being Bo Polini. I've never been Much of a Chip Kelly fan But after seeing Bo Polini act Like an absolute baby when one of the Best running backs in the country actually Gains yards now I don't think he expected him to get A quarter mile against his defense But even in the first Quarter up by 14 when one of the best Running backs in the country breaks one which he's bound to do he freaks out like his team has forsaken him and purposefully missed tackles because they hate his guts <laughs> yeah. whereas chip kelly stood on the sidelines and like well it's not our day you know we'll regroup and i'll stand here as stoically as i would if we were up 53 to 20 and so i guess i gained a lot of respect for chip kelly and uh didn't need any respect to be lost for polini because i didn't have much going into saturday anyway yeah
0: i didn't have any going into it but I just like watching him and i think my wife was watching that game with me, and I, she didn't know who Bo Pelini was before the game, and she just like hates him now, just just watching that game and just watching him rip on his players. Yeah, you can't imagine that that guy still has a job, or how he recruits, or yeah. how he gets his team inspired, because that's during the game. Imagine what that guy's like during practice. It's probably terrifying.
1: And that was when they had the lead. Yeah. Like, when they gave up that big Melvin Gordon run, they were still up 17-10, to 10 and at that point, it was... Still not quite clear that the Wisconsin defense could stop Nebraska, and he is freaking out like they did it on purpose almost. I mean, I've never seen a guy lose his cool like that. It was the same in in 2012 when the Badgers ran him out of the joint, but... Yeah, the same thing. You, I don't understand why anybody plays for this guy. You go a little bit south, you can play for a guy like Bob Stoops. I mean, why wouldn't you do that instead? I, I don't well, know. yeah,
0: he was like following a guy on a slant route on the block, I think, on that sweep to Gordon, and he accidentally ran into the linebacker, I believe, is what happened. And he, like, they showed him yelling at him on the sidelines. The guy was just kind of shaking him off, not saying anything, and Pliny just started yelling harder and harder. And then the guy tried to go, like, go sit down. He like followed him to the bench and kept screaming at him. It was just insane.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, – it's always fun when a Melvin Gordon runs for 400 yards, you know, the Badgers break another record, but to do it to Bull Pelini just made it that much more fun. Yeah, it was kind of like
0: doing that to Jim Schwartz, just killing the oh. Lions. He just felt so much better about it because he knew who their coach was.
1: Well, we still got a chance. Maybe we could beat Buffalo 53-7 to seven or whatever. That would be fun. Let's do it. I feel bad for the Bills, but, you know, you, you you got in bed with Jim Schwartz, so until you get rid of him, you know, I'm off the bandwagon. Exactly. Buffalo. Come on. Yeah, I- Kyle Orton, too. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say?
0: Yeah, that's what I did say at the exact same time you <laughs>
1: said <laughs> Okay. Well, there you go, Buffalo. If you want to regain our uh, slight fandom, you got to get rid of those two guys. Yes. All right, the other good game yesterday, Seattle and Kansas City, which was so refreshing to see kind of a hard-nosed game. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, just, and I, I will finally admit that I was very, very wrong about the Andy Reid Kansas City Chiefs. Um, They're very resilient. Finally. Yeah, um, I think they're a pretty good team. And now they will not win the rest of the year, now that I have Oh, they'll
0: probably win the rest of the year, but they'll lose in the first round of the playoffs, I'm sure.
1: Oh, of course. Even if they get a first round bye. That's that's how the Kansas City Chiefs work these days.
0: See, I was thinking today about that, too, though. But imagine if they win that division and Denver has to go to Kansas City. That'd be really interesting, because it's going to be cold in Kansas City, and it just seems like that's the kind of game Peyton's going
1: to lose. Yeah, that's what Marty Schottenheimer said about forty times, and uh, he never was able to beat anybody—Harbaugh or John Elway or anybody. They always beat him. But that was a long time ago. But <laughs> but still, I I don't know. I Kansas City's a really nice team, and they're built to beat teams like Seattle. Um, when do they play Denver? Because I think that'll be a really interesting game. They kicked the pants off in New England. Yeah, they did. Uh, but I think that was one of them week three or four games where it was kind of early in the year yet. But. Yeah, point taken. I think they, they have a chance to do something if, and, and really outside of those two great quarterbacks, who else is gonna go into Kansas City and do that? I mean, Andrew Luck could put up points, but he'll probably throw the, you know, four interceptions too. Yeah. But I just wanted to bring up there, not only was that game really good, but uh, Marshawn Lynch caused some controversy by not Going into halftime with his team, he stayed out on the field, he got some treatment, and for the whole entirety of halftime, he did not join his team, and that's caused some problems, there's already been problems there, and it sounds like Seattle's going to get rid of him, and I don't know about you, but watching that game yesterday, Seattle's offense, as much praise as Russell Wilson gets, they have nothing without, without Marshawn Lynch, yeah. and I, I don't know. I, yesterday I was getting extra irritated by the Russell Wilson talk, and I don't know. Like, is he a better quarterback than Alex Smith or or any of that stuff? And I think I we were texting about this where he really feels like he gets this kind of credit for being an elite quarterback because he was on a Super Bowl team, but... He looks like Colin Kaepernick in better packaging when he's out there. I mean, even in the Super Bowl they won, he didn't even have 100 yards passing until they were already up 29 to nothing. Um, I don't mean to beat down on him, but this Seattle team is going to get rid of Marshawn Lynch. They're already kind of down. Is this the end of Seattle?
0: <sighs> you would think it, it looks like it could be. Their defense has most of the same pieces as last year, and they just can't quite put it together. And And like you said, that offense was was okay last year, but they got rid of Golden Tate. They got rid of Percy yeah. Harvin. They're probably going to get rid of Marshawn Lynch. There's your three big pieces there to, besides Russell Wilson.
1: Doug Baldwin going to turn into a 1,400-yard season?
0: Yeah, I doubt it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, that's That's the kind of thing you could maybe – see happening with a coach like Pete Carroll that's such a players coach that he probably lets some things go and all of a sudden people are becoming you know these egotistical players like Marshawn Lynch and I don't know the whole story behind that with what's going on in the locker room but Mm -hmm. if you've got a lax atmosphere that kind of stuff is going to happen so that's kind of how things like this might collapse really quickly.
1: Yeah and if you're going to have that kind of lax atmosphere you have to have some really solid team leaders and I don't know I can't speak enough about that team to know whether or not they have that, but you think of Dallas, which the Cowboys were the team that we were comparing Seattle to after the Super Bowl. They were a total madhouse, but they had a very fiery, stoic quarterback in Troy Aikman. You had Emmett Smith, and for as much trouble as Michael Irvin got in, that guy would take over a game if he had to, and he would get people in line for a while, and then he kind of had his own problems, but I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks' leader on offense is, well, is a really young player that a lot of people on his team don't seem to like because he's such a dweeb <laughs> and, and doesn't fit in, so I guess, I mean, they haven't had a whole lot of dissent on the defensive side. It's all been on the offensive side, and there's just no clear-cut leader.
1: Well, if it's anything like his American Family Insurance ads, oh, I'm sure he goes it's
0: up. They're so... Oh, they the
1: worst. He goes up. You know, guys, we've had some adversity. That reminds me when I had adversity. When I had already graduated college in three years, and I had to decide between pro baseball and pro football, and I decided to walk on to one of the best country or, uh, programs in the country and be their starting quarterback. So I know what it's like to be yeah. down in the dumps, like you guys. Oh, I'm never buying American Family Insurance. I hate no. him. I hate Philip Phillips. It's all of their faults. <laughs> But yeah, it'll be interesting. Do you think Seattle will recover? Because like I said earlier in the show, they're, they're the only team to not have gotten blown out in this weird NFL season. And so, do you think they'll recover? One stat, um, before I... I'm not trying to influence your opinion, I guess, but one stat I read is that if Arizona goes 3-3 three and three the rest of the way, San Francisco and Seattle would still have to win out in order to tie them for the division. Uh, where Seattle, in that scenario, would sweep them, so they would get the division. But still, they have to go, they can lose like one more time, and Arizona only has to play 500 football, and they still could win the division.
0: Well, I think the Cardinals are winning that division. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about that. You know that I've been a, kind of a Cardinals believer here, but, I mean, look what they did yesterday. It's just incredible. They put Stanton in, and they, and they win again. There's no way that this team goes... You know, one and five or whatever the rest of the way, they're going to win at least three more games. So San Francisco or Seattle's out.
1: That's incredible. <laughs> yeah,
0: isn't that? I mean, if you would have said at the beginning of the year that the Cardinals were going to win that division, I would have put a thousand bucks against you yeah, because I would have thought there was no way. Yeah. I I could have maybe seen San Francisco missing out in the playoffs, yeah. but I would have never imagined Seattle missing.
1: Oh man, the Packers got to win the Super Bowl then, right? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying that as in I think they will, but. Oh my gosh, those are the two teams, and San Francisco especially. If the Packers don't win the Super Bowl when San Francisco is sitting on the sidelines, that's just gonna,
0: well, yeah. oh, that's <laughs> gonna
1: hurt as a fan for sure. Yep.
0: I mean, if you could somehow make a run without having to go to either of those places and play those teams, I mean, that's, that's exactly what they could have asked for, and we didn't think it was gonna be possible for the next ten years, <laughs> so yeah. if you get that kind of a gift, you gotta take it.
1: Well, and you got to think that the Packers would have the inside track on home field at this point. They have a much more um, reasonable schedule than the Cardinals do, because say what you will about Seattle and San Francisco, they're still really good teams, and Arizona has three more games against those two teams, whereas the Packers play, you know, Tampa Bay and the Bills, and other than New England, and obviously the Lions, but I still like the Packers in that game at home, jazzed up in front of their home crowd. It's probably going to be the Sunday night football game that week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the Packers reasonably have the inside track, or one of the inside tracks on home field advantage, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as they win the division, you would think that they're a heavy favorite to get a first-round bye.
1: And, you know, as as weird as it is with the Bears, I mean... You gotta think the Bears could steal one from the Lions, right? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I guess
0: if they could somehow get it, they just look so bad. Even yesterday, I mean, Cutler had a couple more bad picks, and yeah. they they won though. So I they could definitely do it. I'm not super blown away with Detroit either. I think they're gonna keep. I as I was telling you in the last week's show, as I think they're gonna lose some bad games. They lost yesterday, and I think that they'll probably lose again this weekend. So yeah kind of coming back down to earth to the way that they've been playing.
1: Yeah, and if the Packers can beat New England, if the Lions lose to New England... Yeah, that would be huge. That's That might be it for, for the Lions. I mean, in, in theory. I mean, the Packers would still have to continue. Um, I, I guess I don't really have much else from yesterday. There's, was there anything that... Uh, were, were you surprised that New England crushed Indianapolis?
0: No. I guess not at all I, You asked me before the game Which team's going to blow out the other And I said New England So I guess I, It was kind of weird Seeing it happen In Indianapolis It seemed like a game In New England Kind of a thing Where they handed it To some obscure running back 35 times For yeah, 200 yards And four touchdowns But it was uh, I guess not too surprising I'm, I am kind of surprised Though with this level Of dominance That New England Is showing lately After kind of how They looked early In the season I think they look Really really good And I keep expecting Them to come back down But they just look like The best team in the AFC
1: yeah, I think they're by far the best team in the
0: AFL. Yeah, it doesn't right look close.
1: No, and they've crushed the other three division leaders. So they're more than likely going to get home field advantage. The thing I wanted to point out is I talk about on this show all the time about how much I love Andrew Luck. That hasn't changed. He's one of the most exciting players in the NFL right now, but I don't understand the confidence level in the Colts. I, I don't think the Colts are very good at all. I, I found myself yesterday. I knew like one player on their defense when, when they did the the yeah. intros on Sunday Night Football, and I don't know. I mean, I think people maybe are just getting caught up in Andrew Luck because that tends to happen with star quarterbacks. But I I've heard people predict that they thought Indy was going to go like fourteen and two before the season. I'm like, what team have you been watching the last two years? I if you stuck them in any one of the other three AFC divisions, they wouldn't be getting to 11 wins every year. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. I mean, they get six free wins, basically. But, I mean, they're bad up front on the defense and offensive line. That's where it starts and ends Mm -hmm. for for these teams. You're not going to win a championship like that. So, their defense stinks. Andrew Luck is good, and he's got a couple of nice receivers and tight ends. But their running game stinks. Their offensive line isn't that good, and their defense is is pretty average to bad, I guess. So, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, they... They'll get one eventually. I think Luck will get one, but not with his current team.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to put a lot more around him because Mm -hmm. as much as I like Luck, and one of the reasons I like Luck is he's very Brett Favre-like. Well, when Favre's not on a great team, he's going to give it away. I mean, because he keeps throwing and takes a lot of high-risk chances, which Luck seems to have. And as a non-Colt fan, it's awesome. (laughs) But if you're trying to win every week, that's going to be difficult. And I know it's his third season, but... You know, he's got to take better care of the football and as much as talk as he gets for being an elite guy, I certainly agree. But you look at guys like Rodgers and Manning and Brady and all of them have low numbers of interceptions. Lux already got 10, which in 2014 NFL is like 15, you know, yeah. <laughs> of 10 years ago. So, um, I still think they're a good team and, you know, they're going to win that division for sure. But, um, I don't, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is, New England whooped up on them, but I don't know how impressed I am by that.
0: Yeah, it'll be another good wild card game, watching somebody go into Indianapolis and trying to win again this year. I mean, they're definitely beatable for a division winner.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the other thing I suppose we should mention is that the – Broncos got crushed by the Rams yeah in, weird in the weirdest game ever although it fits very nicely with what I said about Jeff Fisher's teams is that they'll always play well against great teams and then they'll give away team games they should win they're one in six in their games they, they've beaten the uh, Broncos the Seahawks and the 49ers and they're one in six in their other games <laughs> so I don't know what to say about this one uh, do you think Denver's I really want to watch this game to see how it happened. I know they said Denver had some injuries, but um, do you think the wheels are coming off for Denver, or is this just kind of a one-week anomaly in the weird 2014
0: NFL? Yeah, I need to watch that game because that's the weirdest thing. That I know that Rams defense can be pretty good up front, and I know that the Broncos had some injuries, but Peyton Manning's still putting up more points than that against the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's hard to believe looking at that box score, but. I don't think the wheels are coming off of the Broncos. I think they're still going to be there right at the end, and I'm still okay with my pick for them being Super Bowl champions. I think. Yeah. It yeah. happens. Um, they ran into a team that wanted to win maybe a little bit more, and they maybe took the game for granted. I don't think it's a, a huge storyline, but I guess we'll see when they get some of these guys back. You never know. Emmanuel Sanders just got
1: destroyed. Oh my gosh, that was that, that was nuts to see that play. I mean, it, I felt horrible for him, but holy cow, I haven't seen a hit like that in years.
0: Yeah, it was a clean hit. It got flagged, yeah. but it was a completely clean hit.
1: Yeah, he didn't lunge at him or anything. He was just kind of running, and they kind of collided. It almost yeah. looked like a baseball, a couple outfielders running into each other. Um, so you mentioned your pick, and I know you got to stick by it because it was a good one. It's Well, mine's Seattle and New England, so I still got a chance on mine. But um, you think right now, if, if Denver played the Packers, you, you still would pick Denver over the Packers?
0: Not at their current uh, state, but... Again, that's going to change by the time the year's done, I'm sure, and I probably would feel okay about it again. I I don't know. I think that that Broncos defense has improved. I think they've got all those weapons. I I still feel okay with it. Obviously, as a Packers fan, I'm going to say right now, I think the Packers would win that one right now, but um, I guess it that's why the Super Bowl's not played in Week 11. I think we'll see what happens, and hopefully the Packers can maintain this, but I, I kind of doubt, again, that they'll keep this kind of insane offensive stretch going.
1: Yeah, and... There's about a
0: 0% chance that this
1: At least, it might continue one week Like you said before, but there's no way it's continuing The rest of the season Yeah, and I got
0: you still have to see Dom's defense against Peyton Manning Which
1: scares the heck out of me in a Super Bowl Yeah, and Man, I'm really looking forward to that New England game It's too bad we have to play Minnesota first Because that just is going to be a fun one Although I have to give up my dream Of watching that game Because I've seen all of the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks That have come to Lambeau recently And Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to that one, because I don't, after what happened yesterday with both of those teams, um, I know you might have tickets lined up for yourself, but I don't know how I'm going to get into the stadium for less than $200, and I don't think I want to do that.
0: Yeah, I thought I had some lined up for for face value, and they kind of fell through, apparently. The people then decided they wanted to keep them, (laughs) after I think probably realizing how good of a game it was going to be, so mine fell through
1: as well. Yeah, well, oh well, I mean, the best seat in the house is still at home for that kind of stuff anyways, but. Uh, th- and then they have the – it's not all you can drink, but it's the self-service beer that they just tried yesterday. Did you see that?
0: I i didn't read into it, but I did see something about that.
1: Yeah, people were up in arms uh, on some of the news stories I read where they were like, oh, my gosh, you know, people – they made it sound like you're just going to go up there and, you know, we've all been – anybody who's been to Lambeau Field – You're no farther away than maybe six seats from some guy who's drunk before the game starts. Yeah, so just
0: (laughs) completely somehow still walking around and talking, but just (laughs) completely
1: out. Yeah, exactly. And so I think they were thinking that these people were just going to camp out by this and you know fill up the cup, take one drink, and fill it back up to the top. And that's not the case at all. It still costs the same. And you essentially what you do is you buy like a gift card, and then you use that to um, serve yourself. Until the card is gone, and then you get charged by the ounce, and the the cost per ounce is the same as if you'd go to the concession stand. So it was just to expedite the the lines at the concession stands. But no, that's
0: a good idea. I I figured that was the case. I figured you didn't just get a wristband for 20 bucks and got all the beer you wanted. That's a Yeah, that's a good idea, though. I'd but like that, to see that.
1: I think you actually got a funnel and a hose, and then you walked around <laughs> with that, and you could walk under beer waterfalls. Just, I think
0: there's that. just one under every seat. You just pull the hose <laughs> up to your mouth and start pumping.
1: Yeah, which maybe next year that, that will happen in Green Bay. Um, the one thing I will say is that anybody living around Wisconsin, it appears that nobody in the world wants to go to that Atlanta game, because I see tons of tickets for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why, maybe it's because it's Monday night, and maybe because Atlanta stinks, but it's weird to see Packer game tickets so readily available, and I've seen a ton of people on Facebook trying to unload Atlanta Falcons tickets, and I don't think I want to go to that game, even, I mean, maybe face value, but anything more than that, I don't think I want to go on a Monday night to see a crap team like the Falcons.
0: Yeah, Monday nighters are tough, especially being on the other side of the state. You've got to basically take Two days off just to go, so it's uh, yeah. it is tough to go to those games. As much fun as the nighttime atmosphere is, mm-hmm. it's really hard to get to those games. Even if you live there, I mean, you've got to yeah. probably take off work early on Monday, and you're probably not going to want to go right away again on Tuesday morning.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you probably aren't out of the parking lot till midnight. I wouldn't. Yeah. think Well, speaking of the Falcons, before we go to our uh, picks for Week 12, the Falcons are now in first place with a four and six record, and there's talk again that the NFL playoff seedings are all messed up. Um what are your thoughts on that division as a whole? And for me, I just hope New Orleans doesn't get that spot because I think they'll win that first game, although there is some poetic justice in a 7-9 and nine New Orleans Saints team getting to host a playoff game after what happened to them in Seattle in 2010. But... Um, Gosh, that did, wouldn't it be something if, like... They the, might have to play Seattle, too. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be something? If it was Seattle and New Orleans in that first round, uh, that would be the ultimate poetic justice if that happened.
0: Well, I think because we're going to have probably a team with a losing record make the playoffs, we should probably add on a couple more playoff spots to each conference. I think that's first and foremost here. I think maybe eight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, anyway. yeah, so that's <laughs> stupid to do that anyways. But yeah. um, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, the teams that are probably going to miss out is a, are teams that are playing really average right now. There's still five other spots. You've got one maybe kind of average team that's going to make it, but you've got every opportunity to make it. I don't think you have a gripe if you're the seventh team that just misses out. I I guess I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. So mm-hmm. I have no problem with the current format. I wish it would stay this way, and I, I know it's not going to, but I uh, I guess I don't have a problem with a team that goes 7-9 and and makes it if they win their division. That's what you have to do.
1: Yeah, and and I get that. I, I agree with you. I don't like the idea that next year they're going to start with the seven playoff teams in each conference. And there is an argument to be made, though, because the year that Seattle was seven and nine and made the playoffs, there were two ten and six teams that missed the playoffs. Uh, it was the Josh Freeman Tampa Bay Bucks ten and six, which I didn't see any of those games, so I'm not sure I believe that actually happened. And <laughs> and then the ten and six uh um, the Giants went ten and six also that year, but. So I think that's more of a weakness of the four-team divisions, more so than the the playoff structure, because that kind of stuff didn't really happen when there were only three divisions. And
0: yeah, and it wouldn't again if you had another team over there in the in the South. Who was the one that got shipped out of there before San Francisco?
1: Um, no, San Francisco was in it. The, the South is kind of a hodgepodge division, but it would have been like Atlanta or the Saints
0: if, if Oh, it, and, I'm sorry, in the old West, San Francisco was that fifth team that was. Is yeah,
1: that the the old yeah. West was uh, Carolina, San Francisco, the Rams the Falcons and Saints, so essentially what would have happened is you would have had the, well, the Seattle would have been in the AFC, so I don't know, that division is really whatever, but you would have had, um,
0: but you would think if, you know, yeah. if it had you had the, what I'm trying to say is have you, if you still had those three team divisions, San Francisco probably would have run away with that division this year and gone, you know, 10 and 6 or something, so it wouldn't be an issue, so I think you're Oh, probably-
1: gotcha, okay, I understand what you're saying, yeah, yeah, exactly, so, you still would have had that. And San Francisco did that all the time in the 90s when they had Steve Young going to the playoffs 12-4 and 4 every year. I mean, the rest of that division was terrible. Yeah, they stunk. Yep. Yeah, they went 8-0 and in that division like four times in the 90s. I mean, that's insane. So I think it's just kind of the way it – you're going to have those kind of things no matter what your structure is. But the answer is not adding more playoff teams, that's for sure. But it looks like we're going to have to do that anyways. We're going to have a bunch of playoff games in London, hopefully. I mean, I think that's right. what the NFL needs only you just put yeah just put the whole playoffs in
0: like africa or antarctica or something
1: like that exactly so and they only can be watched on your phone i think that's what the world wants right yep okay well let's go to our week 12 picks have you made picks yet this week
0: um yeah all except a few that i couldn't decide on but yes i i have made them now
1: okay well i'm going to do them on the fly like usual i think you beat me again last week so like always yeah, yeah i've I,
0: got two straight 10 point weeks i think here
1: well, that Atlanta pick finally paid off for you yesterday. Finally, yep. I, I should go back and look at what we thought the records, like if all of our picks were correct, what would everybody's record be? Because I think yeah. Arizona would be like 1-8 or something, because I felt like I've picked against them almost every single week, and there's some other teams in there. Like Atlanta would be about, what, 7-2 and two or something if you picked yeah, them. Undefeated. Yeah, undefeated. The yeah, I was thinking about, about that with
0: Baltimore before. It's like I feel like I never picked them, and I went back and counted they'd be 3-7 right now. okay.
1: Like, so not as bad as I a thought. A couple of times, yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to do that. But for this week, we'll uh, we're just left with the picks. So on Thursday night football, you know, tonight we have a great primetime game with the Steelers and Titans. And on Thursday, if you don't get a chance to see this classic tonight, you can watch Chiefs at Raiders.
0: Oh, thank goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's going to win this game? Uh, you got to think very long about this one.
0: Uh, K. C. Oakland, you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Um, It seems like a trap game for sure for the Chiefs going on the road to Oakland after a nice big win against Seattle, but I, I don't think Oakland can move the ball against this Kansas City defense. I, I'm tempted to pick Oakland, but I'll pick Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It definitely feels like a trap. Kansas City is a trappable team with the way they play. They they play close to everybody, but I don't have the guts to pick the Raiders. I've been burned (laughs) by the Raiders a ton of times, so I'll, I'll pick Kansas City as well. Jets at Bills, the definition of excitement.
0: Yeah, I, I don't believe in the bills this Bills team at all, but I'm going to take them at home against an even worse Jets team.
1: <laughs> I'm going to agree with you again. These are some awful matchups. Yeah. And, and let's keep it going. Browns at Falcons, and at least of all of my failures last week, I correctly predicted a good game from Ryan Mallett and another self-destruction of a Cleveland Browns team that's feeling good about itself. Yeah, and go
0: figure. I'm going to take the, the Falcons here at home. <laughs> um just riding the Falcons' bandwagon. I think now that they know they're in the division lead and they have, it's somehow they can control their own destiny to win that division fairly easily. Mm-hmm. I think that they kind of keep stepping things up. I, I think Matt Ryan might be as good of a, a player as anybody else in that division has. So I guess why not them? I'll, I'll take them over a kind of an average Browns team.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I, I don't think either of these teams are very good, but you know the Falcons have kind of. Had a bad team and somehow woke up in first place, and so I think yeah. that that stadium's going to be rocking. And offensively, at least, this st- team still has a nucleus that was one play away from the Super Bowl. So yeah, you, they
0: they can put up points in the Browns can.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll take the Falcons at home. The Tampa Bay Bucks visiting the Chicago Bears, and holy cow, there's no need to have the Red Zone Channel on Sunday.
0: Uh, this, I hope I don't have to watch this one. I'm sure I'll have to, but. Uh,
1: Packers Vikings is at the same time. Oh,
0: thank God. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a hard one because the Bears have looked pretty bad and Tampa did have a nice win the other day. Uh, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Bears just because they're at home. Otherwise I would have picked Tampa. I just, I don't have the guts to pick Tampa at all this year. I don't think I picked them once.
1: Yeah. And I just thought Lovey returning to Chicago is an interesting huh, maybe story. Maybe that's line. a
0: little added- yeah, that might that might be the difference maybe even. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I think um it, it, I bet you it, it's closer than than you'd expect, but um, Yeah, it'll be close. That bucks team is just horrible and wow, oh, but then again, well, I don't know. It's one of those things where Lovey probably knows every single thing that Bears offense is going to do, but he doesn't have the horses to stop it. So Yeah, probably. I'll pick the Bears again. I they they got a nice little part of the schedule here to get back on track, which Believe it or not, I am rooting for the Bears to get back on track because there's no way they're going to catch the Packers, and they have two more games against Detroit. So I hope the Bears get it back together. Yeah, and and whoop the Buccaneers. Bengals at Texans. I am, you know, this was one of the great all-time historic playoff rivalries, and I'm glad to see a return of it.
0: Uh, I this is another one of those that I couldn't decide on it. I think I'll I'll take Cincinnati. I just haven't seen enough from that Texans offense yet. I th- I think Mallet might be a little bit of an upgrade, but I want to see
1: a little bit more of it. I'm picking the the Texans. I think that Andy Dalton played nice yesterday, but now in true Andy Dalton fashion, he's going to melt down the following yeah, week. Yeah, probably. Houston's a team that I think would be 7 and 3 if they had followed all the times that i had picked them. I feel like I picked them every single week.
0: They probably would be 7 and 3 if they had decided to get a quarterback in the offseason. Their team is good, but I just I can't them when they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick or Ryan Mallett as their starting quarterback
1: well who needs a quarterback you know that's always been an overrated position if you ask me alright the Lions at Patriots which is the biggest non-Packer game for sure um, does that Lions defense have what it takes to slow down New England
0: no I don't think so they could barely slow down a Drew Stanton Cardinals offense <laughs> yesterday so I think that the Patriots roll on that defense a little bit and I like them to win the game so Patriots for me
1: yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there. Um, I, I think I think they'll slow them down a little bit, but you got to think at some point that it's gonna to be tougher for this Detroit defense to maintain this level when it doesn't look like their offense can really put pressure on anybody who's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they snuck out a couple of a wins, but I think it, it this one could get out of hand. I think um, if the Lions win this one, then I'm gonna start being very afraid for <laughs> for the rest of the season. Sure. Because it's gonna to be tough. The Titans at the Eagles. Um, yeah, I, this is a weird game again. Um, I guess I'll pick first. I haven't done that yet. I think Philadelphia will get back on track for the same reasons that we talked about the Titans last week. Is that I legitimately don't really know anything about them. Maybe I'll have to watch the game tonight just so I learn more about the Titans. Because right now they're just a, a blur of red and light blue and in my mind they still have eddie george at running back
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know anything about the titans team and it, yeah maybe watching the game tonight i kind of want to pick the upset here but i just don't know anything about tennessee i think philly's probably ripe for the picking here it is at home which helps but i just think tennessee's probably they're they're probably the worst team in the league i mean they don't yeah. have any talent
1: yeah yeah so and, and nobody yeah Whatever. I don't have anything else to say about the Titans. I, I can't even pick a player to elaborate on. We couldn't remember their coach for like three minutes last week. So, yeah, the Eagles. Rams at Chargers. Is there any chance that the Rams are able to continue their momentum?
0: Yes, I'm picking the upset here. Rams on the road at San Diego. I mean, the Chargers barely did anything against Oakland yesterday. Now they're running into that Rams defense. They're in trouble. And I think Phil Rivers and this offense has somehow looked really bad lately. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can't do it against the Raiders, you're not going to do it against the Rams.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, and I was gonna pick San Diego, but now I'm kinda of tempted to pick the Rams. Um, you know what, I'll stay with the Chargers. I, I just think that this Rams have, this Rams team has not shown enough for me to have confidence that they can do it week in and week out. They seem to be a team that is able to get themselves to the top of their game when they have a high quality opponent coming into town, but they can't find a way to do it week in and week out, and I think it, Probably is because they just aren't very good. Um, So I I think it will probably be tough, but I think San Diego will beat them. The Cardinals at Seahawks, which is a huge game. Um, I guess I'll pick first on this one. I think finally the Cardinals lose one here. Winning in Seattle is really tough. And for all the things we said about Seattle earlier in the show, I still think that winning there is tough. And if the Cardinals beat them Sunday, it'll be two years in a row, which just... I know you... It's easy to win two years in a row when you already won one year in a row, but uh, that just seems like too high of a task, especially with Drew Stanton at quarterback.
0: Yeah, and I had a hard time picking against the Cardinals in this one, but I'm going to agree with you. The Cardinals are for real, for sure. That defense is really good, and and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they beat Seattle. But being in Seattle and Stanton going against that Seahawks defense, which is getting a little bit more healthy as well, Mm -hmm. I think it's just a little bit too much to ask, so I'll pick the Seahawks reluctantly.
1: But I still think it's going to be like 17-13. Yeah, it'll be really low scoring. Yeah, absolutely. The late game that we're all going to get is the Dolphins at Broncos. Uh, That should be an interesting game. Yeah. Is there any chance Miami can? I think Miami's a really good team, but can they beat Denver in Denver? I think that's
0: the the difference. I think I would have picked Miami if it was in Miami, but I don't think they go into Denver and win. I think Denver is going to be banged up, uh, but I think Payton's going to be a little upset and angry too. He's still got enough weapons to make things happen. I think Miami is a good team, but I think um, probably a close game, but Denver ekes them out.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to agree with almost everything you said there. I, I feel bad for the Dolphins because they still have to they play this game in Denver. They still have to play... At New England yet this season They've already played the Packers They've played the Lions I feel like this is a team that Almost the opposite of last year Where they were not that good And almost made the playoffs That this year's team is going to be a good team That's not going to make the playoffs And so I, I feel bad for them in that regard Is that they have such a hard road to get to the playoffs With a lot of tough games coming up But um, I, I think they're a solid team And definitely on the rise And if, if Tannehill can continue on this trek that he's at This team could finally be the team To dethrone New England in the coming years
0: Yeah, I was going to say, they seem like they're a year away. They seem good, but not quite there yet.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's certainly not going to be easy with the kind of games they have yet. The Redskins at 49ers um, would have been an awesome game to watch in, like, 1990. Uh, Right now it's probably going to be... Or two years ago. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I never even thought about that. Yeah, Um, well, what about this year? I know last year you said on the podcast that their Monday Night Football game was one of the worst football games you've ever seen. Are we going to have a sequel of that?
0: Just terrible. I think it will be for sure, except I think San Francisco can move the ball. So maybe if you like, if you don't mind if one team does all the playing, then it's, it should be good. But I think Washington just gets stopped in this game. They're, they're pretty bad. So I'll, I don't think San Francisco runs into any trouble here.
1: Well, it's still better than neither team being able to do anything. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think San Francisco will beat them. And, and RG3 won teammate of the year yesterday. I, I know I told you about it, but were you able to read any of his comments about how he basically said, if you read between the lines, it was basically, I'm an elite quarterback and these guys suck, so that's why we suck.
0: I did not. I, yeah, I heard you say that and I didn't get a chance to listen to the radio or anything much today. I didn't hear anything about it. I did try to find like some quote and what I found was something about him saying it, it was mostly his fault, so. Yeah. But I just now across the bottom line, I saw ESPN's showing somebody said that he needs to think about himself and not everybody else, so. Yeah. I, I haven't found it, but I haven't looked too hard.
1: I, I, The way I just paraphrased it is much more harsh than he actually put it, but he, he put it in a sense that all of us have to play well, but then he had a comment at the end that said, Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, they aren't very good when nobody else is any good around them, so, you know, what am I supposed to do? So, it's kinda, I think he was meaning it to say, you know, we all have blame in this, but it came off as, you know, not quite how he meant. And, I don't know, he's had a lot of those kinda, I, I said I really like RG3 and I still, He's an exciting player, but when I texted you that one time, you just said, he's a tool, and I think you were right.
0: Yes, and nobody gets more excited at seven points a game than you, apparently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those are real exciting, seven (laughs) points. Just phenomenal. All right, speaking of excitement, NBC, in at least once a year, towards the end of the season, has decided that we still must watch the and NFC East play, even though this game is probably going to be awful. So Cowboys at Giants is our marquee game on Sunday night. Um, who's going to win?
0: I'll take the Cowboys. I could definitely see the Giants winning this one at home, but uh, I think the Cowboys are just a lot more talented and a lot better team right now, and Eli's just going to keep throwing the ball away.
1: Yeah, Cowboys off the bye, I think, are definitely going to win this one. Um, at least this isn't as bad as last year, where right after Thanksgiving, I think the Giants were, what, 4-8, and eight, and the... Redskins were three and nine, and they still they didn't flex that out because it was the two big markets. Um, Side question: The Giants have been wearing white pants more often lately at home. What do you think of those? Have you not noticed at all?
0: I haven't. Instead of the gray ones? Yeah. No, I have not. I'll have to Google this. I did not see that.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different. I kind of like them. They look lowlier in those.
0: Sure. I mean, they're having a bad year. They almost had to do that.
1: Yeah, you got to wear a uniform that makes you look like a bad team. It's like when the Rams, finally the greatest show on turf, was over, and then they like, you know what, we're just going to wear all white on the road, yep. so we look like a bad team. All right, and then Monday Night Football, Ravens Saints. So not a bad one for once. Um, is there any chance that the... How many home games in a row has New Orleans played?
0: At yeah, least, that's what I thought. Isn't this like four in a row or something ridiculous like that? Yeah,
1: and, I think so. Is, I, I always thought that the... Unwritten rule was that you never would have more than three in a row at home or on the road. And um,
0: okay, well they played at Carolina two weeks oh, ago, so they did right. have a break in between. But yeah, it seems they Green Bay at New Orleans, then that game, and then three in a row, I think.
1: Yeah, they they snuck that Carolina game in there because it was a Thursday nighter, so it just kind of came up really fast. But yep. yeah, so are they gonna? Gosh, it would be insane if they lost three in a row at home.
0: Yeah, I know it's. They haven't looked good, so I'm I want to pick against them, but I just can't. There's no way that happens. You would think they're desperate. They're still right in the mix. I'll, I'll pick New Orleans, I think.
1: Yeah, their defense is towards the back end. Um, I don't know. I I think they'll still win. They'll probably give up a couple of really long touchdowns to Steve Smith. And looking at the Ravens right now, so they're six and four. They are currently sixth in points scored and fifth in points allowed. And they're only six and four. I mean, statistically, they're one of the better teams in the NFL. So, wonder what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. Well, if they can beat New Orleans, they're right back on track, and that division is certainly attainable for them. So, but I, I think this is a tough game for them. Um, but wow, I guess I didn't realize the Ravens were playing that well. Interesting. All right, so that wraps up Week Twelve, except for one game, where the Green Bay Packers will play the Minnesota Vikings for the first time outdoors since 1981. And uh I guess, unless you have anything else to talk about, let's go right into it. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in this one?
0: Well, real quick, too, I just Googled those Giants uniforms. Those are awesome.
1: Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs>
0: they look just like the 90s ones. Yeah, those are cool.
1: Yeah, they kind of do. Um,
0: but uh, I, I don't. I think there's much to talk about in this game, and I hope the Packers aren't as lax about this as I am, but I don't think there's any way they lose.
1: I think there's some risk they lose just because of how weird the NFL is, but I still think they'll they'll be able to win. And this team, since Mike McCarthy has been here, no matter what the record, they never take division games for granted. I mean, this team's had one of the best records against their division opponents in history over the Mike McCarthy era. I think only Brady and Belichick against their division foes have been better than Rogers and McCarthy. I mean, they've just completely dominated this division. And they've had years where they had winless teams in their division or 3-13 and teams in their division, and they still take everybody seriously. So I think this game is not... Much of a trap game for the Packers, and certainly not as big of a trap game as either Buffalo or Tampa Bay later in the year. Um, I think the Packers will still win. I'm a little bit. This is something I wanted to bring up because I haven't watched much of Teddy Bridgewater, and I was gonna say I was worried a little bit about the read option, but then I was in danger of falling into the Wes Welker is Jordy yeah. Nelson territory. Yeah, <laughs>
0: stereotype.
1: So, yeah, is Bridgewater a mobile quarterback at all? I haven't. I never even saw him at Louisville.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he's super mobile. I think he can do it a little bit. Maybe more of, a, I almost just said <laughs> it really bad. I was, said more like a Geno Smith kind of a guy that <laughs> will, will kind of run around a little bit. Byron like He's not like a runner first and foremost. I should say maybe more like an Aaron Rodgers type of a guy. Okay. I think he can, but I don't think he does a lot.
1: Sure. Um, he, he had a
0: couple like, of nice runs, though, a few weeks ago, I remember seeing.
1: He didn't look like much of a thrower either yesterday. No, he's, the, he's you know,
0: not much of either of those.
1: Well, so hopefully he'll kind of... Go through some more of his rookie lumps And the the Packers are able to take this one I, I'm still pretty confident they can win But if they lost, it, I wouldn't be blindsided But I would still be surprised
0: I will, Eric, they're not going to lose, I guarantee it
1: Ooh, look at this guarantee. guy here
0: just There's like- no way, the Vikings don't do anything well Their offense can't do anything And there's no way this defense stops the Packers' offense at all I would out of all the games I've picked in the last three years, I'm most confident about this one.
1: Well, what what if Adrian Peterson somehow comes back by this That's Sunday? the that's the
0: only thing that could maybe make it a, not a complete lock, but at this point it it is a complete lock.
1: Do you think if that happens, then they'll have those no more ads, and then at the end they'll have uh, Roger Goodell saying no more suspending players for this type of behavior? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, yeah. Um, so I I can't see him coming back. The just the ugh. That would be horrible, and I I don't even care about the NFL's image or whatever, but, yeah, he's a loser, so I hope he doesn't come back. Yeah. But, anyways, um, so Matt guarantees a win over the Vikings this week, so hopefully he's correct. Um, I feel like I've asked this four times, but anything else from this Sunday that you want to bring up? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. What are the odds that Melvin Gordon winds up in the NFC North just to make you and I very angry for years? to come? Oh,
0: absolutely. The Bears and the Vikings both need a new running back, maybe even Detroit. They're, he's absolutely <laughs> going to the <laughs> NFC North, and it's going to suck.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm almost expecting him. To, the way he's going to drop in the draft, he'll be in the late 20s or mid-20s. Yep. It's going to be Seattle a Seattle or
0: something like no, that. No, he'll be a
1: Detroit Lion for sure. Yeah. Maybe he'll go a little higher now, because Todd Gurley tore his ACL this past Yeah, he'll
0: weekend. probably be number one taken. the only thing is it seems like nobody wants to take a back in the first round anymore, so he might still be, like, the first pick of the second round or something.
1: Come on, Chargers, don't you need a running back? I mean, Ryan Matthews, yeah, okay. you've tried it, just just take Melvin Gordon. That'd be great if we just traded any picks to anybody to keep him out of the division. I, I would do that <laughs> if I was a kid. Before we go real quick, I want to share some messages that we had on the Facebook page I had, asked for some thoughts, and Corey Bend supplied his thoughts. He said, last year, the week I was saying this could be a Super Bowl team, Rodgers got hurt. He said, I say we're out in the first round just to be safe. So he's the opposite of you, Matt. You're guaranteeing victories. And just he's against t- the Vikings, not a playoff <laughs> victory. You're, you're not guaranteeing a Super Bowl yet?
0: I'd guarantee a victory against the Vikings with Matt Flynn at quarterback.
1: Oh, wow. Well, hopefully they don't have to prove you right on that guarantee. That's for sure. Um, and Daniel Johnson uh, had some nice uh, tweets that he sent us during the game. And uh, the key one was he said, two missed extra points for the Packers. I think this is the first time that's happened since Doug Bryan missed two uh, back in 2002. And I didn't get a chance to check on that. I tried, but I wasn't quite toggling the the stats right on the, the Pro Football Reference database. But, yeah, I certainly don't remember the Packers missing two in a game. And we didn't get to talk about this earlier, but... You made the joke yesterday and then I stole it and put it on our Green Gold Forever Twitter page that it appeared that the Eagles only practiced for the (laughs) Packers kicking teams because they dominated in that aspect and got whooped everywhere else.
0: Yeah, I, it's a funny visual just thinking about like some reporters going to practice every day this week, and that all they were doing was sitting in their <laughs> their extra point block formation like all week long. It's kind of what I was picturing.
1: Maybe they were letting us score touchdowns because they knew they had us on. Their they knew two they points.
0: could return those for two <laughs> points
1: potentially. Yeah, which actually you can't in the NFL, I don't think. I think oh, that's really right, valid. you can't anymore, can you? Yeah, so maybe they were hoping that they could let us drive down, kick field goals, and return those for touchdowns. There we go. So um, not the best strategy, but, you know, it could work against Tennessee this week. All right, and then the lastly, uh, you can always follow us on Twitter, which I just mentioned. That's uh, Green Gold Forever, the number four. And of course, every Friday, you got to check out the Green and Gold Forever preview on KZ Radio, which is 92.9 in Appleton and the Fox Cities, 104.3 in Green Bay, and anywhere in the world at my KZ Radio. They play some of the best hits of the 80s and 90s. I know Matt's been listening for weeks now, trying to hear all of his favorite Goo Goo Dolls songs. And, uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Who can blame about that? Maybe the Gin Blossoms. That's a good group. Blues Traveler for sure. They got a Blues that.
0: Traveler all day long. Yep. Yes. Four great, great cassette
1: tape. <laughs> One of the best cassette tapes. All right. So ch- check us out on there. And uh, so let's hope that the Packers can beat the Vikings. So Matt doesn't have to look foolish next week after his guaranteed win turns out to be a loss. But uh, I think he's right. I'm just not as brave as he is. I wouldn't
0: guarantee it if I was going to be wrong. <laughs> well,
1: that's kind of the point of a guarantee, isn't it? That's right. All right. Well, I I, <laughs> I don't know how to get out of that, so I think you're right. And uh, we'll come back on Monday and talk about your correct guarantee. How's that sound? That sounds great. All right. For Matt and Altoona, I'm Eric in Oshkosh. Take care, everyone.